Hi, I'm Misty Winkler, and you're listening to episode 27 of the Simply Convivial audio blog. This is the Simply Convivial audio blog, short but meaty focus sessions to help you keep your head in the game as a homeschooling mom. So why such a strange name? What does convivial mean anyway? It means that our attitude as we do life together with our kids matters. Our attitude has to be convivial, full of life, festive, and good humor. Season five will be all about why we need conviviality and how to get it. Making a convivial home, lighten up. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but it has to me, often. A parent relates a disobedient or otherwise disciplinable antic of their child and comments, I had to leave the room because I couldn't help laughing. Nine times out of 10, I simply cannot relate. I find myself giving a blank stare or a forced, (laughs) I almost never have that problem. With a little toddler who is cute, but testing defiance, perhaps I crack a smile as I crack down. Anything else? How can defiance, disobedience, or a breach of decorum be funny? Frustrating? Maddening? Outrageous? Yes. Funny? Not when your reaction is to see only the work to be done, the work not done well, and failure. Eventually, these stories that I heard from other parents seemed so ubiquitous that I wondered if something was wrong with me. Get funny. In A Sane Woman's Guide to Raising a Large Family, Mary Austin writes, I am a fairly serious person and at times have to remind myself to go for the laugh instead of a lecture. Humor is one of a parent's most powerful allies. You'll always be more effective when you aim for your child's funny bone. Sometimes purposeful and intentional can turn into take oneself too seriously. Anything that doesn't go as planned and isn't that most things, is a temptation to discouragement or at least to the laser eye of analysis. Instead, it might just be a reminder that God is in charge and we are not, and we have to be willing to laugh at ourselves. In Happiness Project, Gretchen Rubin took on Lighten Up in parenting as one of her steps toward happiness. Quote, My goal for April? To become more tender and playful with my two daughters. I wanted a peaceful, cheerful, even joyous atmosphere at home, and I knew that nagging and yelling weren't the way to achieve that. I wanted to stop my quick outbursts of temper. I indulged in that behavior too often, and then, because it made me feel bad, I behaved worse. I wanted to be more lighthearted. To achieve this at home, she planned April Fool jokes for her family. She resolved to sing in the morning, quote, by acting happy, I made myself feel happy. After singing a verse of I've Got a Golden Ticket, I found it easier to resist slipping into a hectoring tone. She took a free ride off her children's laughter, reframed her own complaining thoughts to gratitude for the reasons that she was doing the dreaded tasks, and made sure that she told her husband the fun and funny things of the day, and not only the annoying and problematic events. She commented, The most effective way to lighten up, but the most difficult, because a whining child sucks every particle of humor out of my head, is to make a joke. She then tells a long example story and ends with, We laughed until our stomachs hurt, and she didn't mention Taekwondo again. 
This technique worked better than telling her to buck up, and it was certainly more fun. How often do I insist with a sharp and irritable tone that my children knock it off, shape up, and get a better attitude? When I do, I am simply teaching them hypocrisy, that it's only okay to have a bad attitude if you're in charge. And that's not the lesson I want to teach them. In a short video clip on Canon Wired called Too Many Straws in My Milkshake, Rachel Jenkovic's comment applied this idea not only to how we handle our children's whining, but our own as well. She said, In our house, we always find it better to think it's funny. It helps to say things like, Too Many Straws in My Milkshake. It's a more cheerful way instead of saying, I feel wasted right now. That's a good point, and one that I need to take well to heart. Twinkle at the children. Mary Austin, again in the same A Sane Woman's Guide to Raising a Large Family, tells one of the primary ways that she lightens the atmosphere in her home with 10 children. Sometimes a day can get so busy and we can get so preoccupied with all the things that we must get done that we can forget to smile into our children's eyes. We can forget to make that heart connection. Even on busy days when my children come to me to share a story or ask a question, I try to twinkle at them, to let them know that I am glad to be looking at them. Smile, wink, twinkle. Let my children see that I actually like them. I bet twinkling, looking into their eyes and smiling at them is something that could become an unconscious habit if cultivated. Moreover, Mrs. Austin used it as an attitude diagnostic. If a kid is cranky and resists twinkling back at me, I'll tickle him or spin him around or do something else silly or unexpected, anything to make him crack a smile. The minute or two that it takes to make that connection is so worth it. Rachel says something similar in Loving the Little Years, but it doesn't take long to fluff feathers. You can do it on the go. One of the favorite techniques in our house is to periodically startle the kids by yelling, uh-oh, and when they look at you with concern, you yell, I love you. It is funny every single time, and the kids know you wouldn't act that stupid if you didn't love them. Let us cultivate our own sense of humor, not to take ourselves too seriously, and twinkle at our children. And now it's time for this season's Simple Sanity Saver, homeschool checklists for kids. You need to check your kids' checklists. Bad news, right? Not only will the checklists not magically make your kids independent, but you will still need to check not only their work, but also their checklists. Don't expect what you don't inspect. It's alarming, but true. I go through this cycle myself, even though I know better. First, I'm on top of it, checking the kids' work as well as their checklists. Then they get used to the work and we seem to be doing pretty well. So I stop checking regularly. Then I stop checking at all. And after a while, I start to get suspicious and I look into those checklists and realize things have been checked off without being done. Things were done that aren't checked off. And the kid's definition of done and my definition of done are not matching up. Sure, the kids should know better, but so should I. As the mom and the teacher and the administrator, checking up and monitoring is my job. Even when I have to turn that cycle back to the beginning again, I am the one who needs to apologize while making sure that that backlog of work is finished. After all, we can't expect the kids to become responsible. 
if we do not show them what taking responsibility and being the one responsible looks like. Head on over to simplyconvivial.com audio for your free one-page reference with five tips for making student checklists work in your homeschool. Thank you for listening to the Simply Convivial audio blog. If you enjoyed this show, please leave a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. You can also hit the share button on the show notes to share this episode with your Facebook friends. At simplyconvivial.com audio, you can find all the episodes and also sign up to get an email when a new one comes out. Remember, education is repentance. Repent, rejoice, repeat. <laughs>